Lord, let us, let us have you come and set our souls on fire. Lord, I, I just love you and I thank you for this past week. Uh, I thank you for the, for the rejuvenation that it provided. And Lord, I thank you for the things that we got to see and the lives that we got to touch. Lord, I ask you to open up our hearts here today to receive your word and your blessing so that we can walk it out to the millions who grope in darkness. Lord, I love you and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, announcements. Samaritan's Purse Christmas Project list is in the foyer, so please help make this a success. I am 100% sure that it will be a success because everything we do is a success. Because God has blessed this church with people who are dedicated to seeing that the projects here are very successful. And so uh, with that being said, get your list and um, we'll see what happens. I hope we have to... Yes, ma'am. Okay. We have a box set up, and uh, I hope we have to order more boxes. I hope we outdo ourselves. Uh, yes, Tatham. Not Patrick. Oh, uh, listen. Now, yeah, listen. Now, now, y'all remember the story of Patrick and Tatham racing, and. Uh, and then Brian took him out there and Brian quashed him. Brian didn't cut him no slack. And Brian was ready. He said, bring them all on. He said, I don't care if they're in a wheelchair, I'll race them. Yeah, he ain't, he, he ain't cutting nobody no slack. If you beat Brian, it's because you beat Brian. Well, Tatham told him this morning I'm fast. And so outside they went. Brian come back in and said, he beat me. <laughs> so, so, so Flash is Flash now and Brian's back where he belongs down to earth. <laughs> uh, but uh, praises and prayer requests. Miss Karen, please remember her today. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Any other? Yes, ma'am. I was praying last week. I requested it. Yeah, we prayed for my daughter Nicole. It was her birthday, and on her birthday, she got COVID, and she had lost her wallet. Um, and I said, God is in the little things. Somebody turned her wallet into the drop box in her apartment. Put it in when you make your payments. She must have fell off her lap in the car because she said she didn't know where. Uh, and the money was still there. Amen. So God is still in the little things. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Um, we got to see Him in the little things every day because they were the big things. Uh, and so the hard part for us that's coming back, transitioning, is continuing to see God in the little things in our everyday life. Because we get back to normal, and normal is hectic. And so, uh, yes, it's great to see God in the little things. It's great to see God in the big things. Any others? Thank you. James? First time I've been not afraid, but a little worried at the situation, and multiple things ran through my mind. And the Holy Spirit calmed us all through the whole situation. It turned out okay, but it, it was 
definitely unique, but what was great also is their church. It feels like this church. You know, when they go, they go to worship the Lord, and they have to work at it. They have to climb hills, <laughs> go through rain, go through mud, but they go and they worship the Lord. Uh, I do want to copy what they do. We found out in, in, on one of the projects when it's time for church, they shoot off fireworks. Jerry and I were ducking when the fireworks started going off. We went somebody was shooting. It sounded like shotguns going off, man. I'm going to tell you what, I was. I got behind the outhouse. So, I looked and James was behind a tree, you know. Just, I, kept the I, kept, I kept waiting to hear it rattle through the trees and it didn't nothing, but it was firework. I thought, oh Lord, they done started a revolution down here. I said, now President will leave us. Continue to uh, pray for the Locklear family. Uh, Michael, they laid his father to rest yesterday. Um, this is a little brief about that. Michael found out that his dad had passed away while we were up the mountain. And uh, he, uh, he climbed that mountain. He interacted with them kids. Uh, he, he gave his testimony with a smile on his face. Knowing that his father had passed away. And so we worked and anyway we were able to get him home. And uh, so uh, and that's one of the things that we talked. Yes we missed him because our team was small. But the testimony that he gave us and the way he carried himself at the loss of his father. Uh, spoke volumes to us and gave us the. And still does. Gives us the courage to continue. Um, and so uh, just remember to lift them up. Um, any other additions to the prayer list? Any other praises? Yeah, David, go ahead. I, I've got a, a similar one I'd like to add to the prayer list. Uh, we would add William Dean family. Uh, some of you may remember uh, William, William Dean from the Abilene Police Department years ago. His wife recently passed away, uh, and I think she was going to funeral next Friday. Okay. His wife's name was Holly. Polly. Um, I have a praise. I'm good to see my brother Sam here. Um, I uh, I understand you've been under weather, my brother. I, I was keeping up with you. I got little birds that fly all the way to Honduras and back. Um, it's good to see you. Um, any other praises and prayer requests? All right, let's uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Most glorious Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we just thank you for all the mercies and the blessings that you give us. Lord, we, we thank you for the things that we take for granted. Lord, the, uh, the little things in life. We ask you to open our eyes and our hearts so that we can see you in the everyday things. That we can praise you for them. Lord, I ask you to be with the... William Dean family, as they grieve the loss of a mother and a wife, Lord, we ask you to uh, be with Michael as they continue to grieve the loss of their father. Lord, there's just so many on here. We lift up Miss Rachel, and we also lift up Miss Karen. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, it's great to see uh, uh, 
Miss Mabel here. I understand that Miss Mabel had been under the weather. And anyway, it's good to see everyone here. Lord, it's good to be home. I ask you, Lord, to guide us and let us ever be aware of who's hurting around us so that we can intervene and, and, and lift them up in prayer. Those that are lost and those that are seeking and those that we don't know. Lift them up. God is at work all the time. Lord, I love you. Ask all this in your holy name. Amen. Our offertory hymn is 495. 495. There shall be showers of blessings. So I'll stand, please.
Well, good morning. <clears throat> I have uh, I've been waiting for this moment since yesterday. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, there's going to be a lot of page turning. There's going to be some eyes that's going to fill with tears. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be a rejoicing. Um, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. I wrote my sermon on a barf bag in an airplane. I'm sitting on an airplane. That's the only way to put it. And uh, and God provides. I, I'm telling you right now. I'm 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 fired up. God provides. Uh, see, I had worked all week on a sermon talking about hypocrisy because I seen it not only here, but I seen some hypocrisy there. You know, I seen hypocrisy in myself, and I, I was I was fired up about it. that's what we're going to preach on uh, Friday night <clears throat> sitting there and we were talking and the power had gone out uh, and the power went out a lot because of the rain and uh, it was getting hot a little bit hot and the rain was coming and so right before the rain comes it, it, it gets muggy and then the moment probably five minutes before the rain falls it cools off and so we were sitting there and the, the emergency light was on and um, the lady said it's getting hot and so they told James call John D <laughs> James nope ain't doing that uh, but anyway long story short James prayed that the Lord would put the power back on about five minutes later the power come on and so all week, that's the way things went. It, it was raining, or it was supposed to rain. We get, we do what we had to do. As soon as we get finished, it rained. Or we were going to do something that was raining. It stopped long enough for it to get to where we needed to be to do what we was going to do, and then it would start raining. And then when we came down that steep, dangerous mountain, it quit raining. And we actually got to come down in light before it was dark. Um, and that's another story in and of itself. But all week it was like that. God was providing and He was working and He was moving and changing minds and He changed mine. And so uh, G. Marie says, what you going to preach on tomorrow, Jerry? No, well, let me, what you going to preach on tomorrow, Jerry? That's what she called me, Jerry. And if you ever meet Jean Marie, you'll understand. Her, her, email, her email address is loudblonde28. And it's the fact. <laughs> I mean, Jean Marie is, is loud, and uh, and and she just goes a mile a minute. But that girl has a passion for the Lord, and she has a passion for Latino people. But anyway, long story short, I said, "Well, I said, uh, God's changing." I said, "He's telling me I need to preach on the gospel about sharing the gospel." And so I didn't think much about it. I just put my Bible in my book bag and throwed it on my back and to the airport we went and I started reading different verses while we were sitting in the airport waiting to fly so we're sitting in the airport and they make an announcement if you are willing to sit in an emergency exit come and we'll swap your seat I go over there swap my seat there's a girl that's there and you know me I got to have some fun anyway she's swapping her seat I said watch this and the, the little lady comes over there. I said, now, you, you swapped my seat to an emergency exit, right? She said, yes. I said, in first class, right? She said, uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was trying to, 
And so she just kind of laughed, and that little girl laughed. She thought it was funny. Well, come time to get on the plane. We sit on the plane. Now, I'm going to preach. She said, we got to get there. Uh, we get on the plane, and I'm sitting in 16A. That's where I'm supposed to sit. That's what my ticket said, 16A. She changed it. Well, her seat was 16B. And then this lady comes, and she's supposed to sit because she didn't, they didn't change her ticket. She had 16A. And so the steward was there, and they was from Peru, and we were having a little bit of language gap. And so the lady decided that she would sit in 15A, which was also an exit seat. So I get to spend my flight sitting beside this little girl who I actually didn't know her name at the time. And uh, she actually works in the uh, embassy in Washington, D.C., in the Honduran Embassy. She was a, uh, that's where she was on mission. She'd been there six years. But long story short, we get on a plane, and it's going to be a little while before we take off. I break my Bible out. Couldn't find anything to write on, so I pulled this out of the back of the chair. And I'm writing down, sharing the gospel. And it got the, uh, and she's watching me write, and, look, and I'm reading, and, uh, so it says, perhaps the biggest mission field in your church are the children among you. Research shows that 7 out of 10 kids will end up walking away from the church after they turn 18. But 5 of those 7 will return when they have families of their own. But 2 will never come back. And there's an urgency to reach these kids. There's an urgency that we reach them before they turn 18. There's an urgency that we reach them before they walk away. And so this is kind of what was leading me, you know. Uh, and so what we want to do is we want to equip our staff and our church, which the staff here is the church, other than me <laughs> and Karen. And so we need to equip each other to be able to share the gospel with these children. And we need to know how to guide the conversation. And so that's what my sermon was going to be about. How do you guide the conversation? And how do you break it down so a child can understand? Five ways. There's five bullet points I want to talk about. It's amazing, isn't it? Five. I usually don't have any bullet points. I just preach. But this is the way it came to me. And I'm sitting in this got my Bible out and I'm writing this down scripture and bullet points and this girl's sitting here watching this so number one if we're going to teach kids God rules God rules got your Bibles turned to Genesis 1-1 and we're going to travel today so keep them handy In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Go to Colossians 1. <laughs> We're going from one end to the other. We're going to do verse 16 and 17. For everything was created by Him in heaven and on earth, the visible 
and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. Now I'm preaching from a different from a different translation today because this is the translation that that lady was listening to me read and write. Go to Revelation 14.11. And the smoke of their torment will go up forever and ever. There is no rest, day or night, for those who worship the beast and its image or anyone who receives the mark of the beast or his name. God rules. God is in control. See, the Bible tells us that God created everything, including you, including me. God is in charge of everything. There's nothing that is outside of his control. He is not out. There's nothing. There's nothing in the stars. There's nothing in the universe. There's nothing on this earth that is outside of his control. So God rules. Number two, the bullet point. We sinned. Simple. We sin. Turn to Romans chapter 3. Now you have to understand, this is what I was doing on the airplane. Verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Flip over a couple of pages to 623. I'm going to start in 22. But now since you have all been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your, uh, you have your fruit which results in sanctification and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I was writing. I was reading. For the gift of God, for the wages of sin is death. And this girl sitting there listening to me talk this out. And, and God is the gift of eternal life. In Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we sinned, all of sin. Adam sinned, Eve sinned. Every single one of us sinned. Since at the time of Adam and Eve, every person that has ever lived has chosen to disobey God. Every person since Adam and Eve has chosen to disobey God. There's no one on this earth that has not chosen to disobey God. The Bible calls this sin. 
Because God is holy, God cannot be around sin. Sin separates us from God. And deserves God's punishment of death. You know, that's bad news. That's bad news. God rules, we sin. We deserve death. Next, God provided. The third bullet point. God provided. Of course, you don't have to turn there unless you want to. John 3.16. The most famous verse in the Bible. And so I was writing it and thinking about it. For God so loved the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. God provided a way. See, God provided a solution to our sin problem. God loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to rescue us from the punishment that we so richly deserve of our sins. There's something, there, there's something that we as sinners could never earn. And that was the righteousness of God. See, that separates us. And that punishment is death. See, Jesus alone saves us from our sin. The good news. The good news. Turn to Ephesians 2, 8, 9 because I'm going to reiterate that. We're studying the book of Ephesians. Imagine. We're going to the book of Ephesians. Well, if I can find it. Somehow my pages got taken together. Come on. Alright. There it is. Get behind the wrong paperclip. Ephesians chapter 2. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is, a, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared for us. He prepared a way for us. He provided for us. So that we could be made righteous. Now God rules. He's in control of all things. We sin. We disobey God. How many of us disobeyed our parents? That was my sermon up on the mountain. How many of us have disobeyed our parents? There's not a person sitting in here who has kept mom and dad's commandments 100%. I'm sorry. There's not a person sitting in here who's kept God's command 100%. I'm sorry. That's from me all the way down to you. Poor little Tatham, five years old. He ain't perfect. He's like us. 
He's disobeyed his parents and he's disobeyed God. And so none of us, we sin. And then God has provided a way through faith that we could have a way back to Him. God gave His Son. And then Jesus gave, number four, Jesus gave. Romans. Well, let me, let me back up over here. Let me back up over here. God provided, He provided a solution for our sin. See, God loved us so much that He sent His Son to rescue us from the punishment of our sin which deserves death and separation from God. That's something that we as sinners could never earn or do on our own. Jesus alone saves us from our sin. And you know what that is? That's good news. That's good news. Because the bullet pump before we sinned and that was the death and that was bad news. Now I'm fixing to get some, some great news. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. See, Jesus gives the fourth bullet point. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God provides His own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As ugly and as abusive and as disobedient as we were, God loved us so much that He took on flesh and He came here and He died for us. Isn't that great news? Isn't that great news? Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become, catch this, the righteousness of God. What have we been talking about in Ephesians? We've been talking about us being the righteousness of God. Us being the, the gift of God us glorifying God. Here it tells it, plain out. We get to become the righteousness of God. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 18. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous that He might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh but made alive in the Spirit. Now I'm going to back up. The Gospel is simple. And we have people today who are arguing over things that aren't spiritual that not only... Not <coughs> They're arguing over doctrinal issues that aren't salvational. I'm going to read this right here. For Christ also suffered for sins once for all. For the righteous, 
and for the unrighteous, for the destined and for the predestined, for the undestined. It says right here, Christ suffered for the sins once and for all, for the righteous and for the unrighteous. It's simple. Christ died for us all. That He might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Jesus gives us His life so that we, through Him, can be made whole in righteousness of God. And then the final part of all this, the fifth bullet point. Well, actually, hold on a minute. Let me back up over here to make sure I'm in the right place. I've got this lined out in here. See, Jesus lived the perfect life and died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the grave. He's still alive today. Because Jesus gave up his life for us. We can be welcomed into God's family. Not only for now, but forever. This is the best gift ever. Remember we had bad news, good news, and now we got the best gift ever. The gift of eternity through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That we don't have to worry anymore. That our eternity can be set and we know it without, a, without any doubt. And then the last step is we need to respond. Romans chapter 10. And this is the part, one of the parts that that little, little girl... And I say, that young woman sitting beside of me was listening to all this as I was reading and writing. And Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. Stop right there. You will be saved. Verse 10. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. You believe with the heart and you confess with the mouth. Verse 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And then we have to respond. We have to respond. And so I'm going to go back to the back one more time. We respond. We can receive the gift of salvation that Jesus offers us. The Bible tells us exactly how to do it. How do we do it? The letters, of course, Baptists use A, B, and C. Admit, believe, and confess. Help us remember how God wants us to respond to this great, fantastic news and gift. And so I finished doing what I was doing just like that right there. 
I put that thing there. The plane took off. And she said, can I ask you some questions? I said, yes. And I noticed that the tears were streaming down the side of her face. She says, I've carried a heavy burden my whole life. I said, well, child, you got the right one today. I'm a preacher. <laughs> she says, can I talk to you? I said, most definitely you can talk to me. And so she lays her story out for me. I'm going to hit on the high points. Her mother was a Catholic from Colombia. Her dad, her mom met her dad in Switzerland. He was a Muslim, not a practicing Muslim. He told his wife that he was going on vacation. And they were going to Egypt to meet his family. They get to Egypt. They abuse her mama because she won't convert. If she walked out of her house for eight years, they would chop her head off. Her mom sat in that home for eight years. People come and told her, said, we can help you. We can help your mama. She was upset because why did my mama have to suffer so hard? And it burdened this child. She said they offered my mom a way to escape. They would take her to Israel, but she would have to leave the kids behind. And her mom said no. The Colombian consulate would tell people that were there, the Colombians that were there, that were having trouble and experiencing threats upon them because they were Christians to call this woman. For eight years she couldn't leave her house and for eight years she counseled families while she was locked up in her home. She was abused by her husband. After eight years, God answered the mama's prayers. He got a, the Egyptian government sent him to Honduras. That's where she was born. Her older sister was born in Egypt, but she was born with a Colombian nationality, not Egyptian. She couldn't be Egyptian because she wouldn't convert. The mama wouldn't let him convert her to Islam. See, in a long story short, this girl winds up working in the consulate in Washington, D.C., She's got about four more months and her, her mission will be over. She's been there six years. She moved out of downtown D.C. and has lived the last five years in northern Virginia. Her mother is with her. She's taking care of her mother. Um, she had to go back for training. That's why I met her on the airplane coming back. Um, she said, why did my mom suffer? I said, because God was using your mother for these other families. I said, your mom has great rewards waiting on her. She said, but why did God let my mom suffer? I said, your mom was doing what God called her to do. I said, right now you're burdened. You're all shook up. God is calling you to salvation. So what are you going to do? She says, I, I, I need this gone. And she was bawling. And so I prayed with her. And then I said, do you want to be saved? And she said, yes, I do. That sermon I preached and wrote, I walked this girl to salvation. That's the happiest I ever seen anybody. You'll see pictures later. 
She said, my dad will never convert. I said, pray for your dad. I said, because God's revealing himself to Muslims every day. I said, you pray for him every day. You ask God to reveal who he is to your father. And you watch God work. She says, what do I do now? I said, what you need to do now? I said, you need to go home and you need to tell your mama everything's going to be okay. I'm going to see you in heaven. I said, and then you send me your email address. And she did. I said, I've got some things I'll send you. So tomorrow I'll be sending her some stuff. I said, you need to find you a church. I said, now, I'm going to tell you what you do. You walk into that church, you get you a translation of the Bible that you can understand. And if that pastor stands in the pulpit and he reads the Scripture and he says something different from that, you need to get up and walk out in the middle of the sermon. She said, I wish you lived closer to me. I said, I wish I did too. I said, but I don't. But you know what? Here's my phone number. I'm a phone call away. I said, and if you need me physically, I think it's about six and a half, seven hours. I said, I can get there. That is why we do missions. That is why it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what clothes you have on. It doesn't matter what translation of the Bible you're reading. This is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. That girl come to Christ from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. See, God's Word does not return void. It's powerful. And He can use you no matter where you are. I was just doing what my God's called me to do. I was preparing a sermon to preach today so that Doris could come to salvation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how fancy our sermons are. I could print my sermons off in double space so they could be critiqued. But the sermon that I'm going to file away and I'm never going to get rid of is this one. It's written on a barf bag out of the back seat of an airplane. It's simple. It's simple. We spent a week. I told James and them, I said, you know, every time I go to Honduras, every house I go in to witness to, they already have a relationship with Jesus Christ so we get to talk about God. Two times out of the 15 years of mission trips, I actually got a chance to be the, the harvester. Once in Nicaragua, while we were vaccinating cows, I got to help lead a man to Christ. And he wanted to be baptized right then. And I took him over. They got these great big water troughs. And I took him over and I said, I'll baptize you right here in that trough. And by the time that big cow jumped in there, he said, I'll wait till we go to the ocean. And so I got to baptize a meal in the Pacific Ocean. And yesterday, flying from Kamaagua to Miami, God let me lead Doris to salvation. I told her, I said, you know the greatest thing about that? I said, I'm going to see you in heaven. And I said, I can't wait to meet your mom. I said, I'm going to meet your dad because you're going to pray for him and he's going to come to salvation. See, we have no idea who heard what because we weren't quiet. 
And I'm sure the people in front of us and the people behind us, they heard what I was saying. I know the young man that was sitting on the other side of her, I know he heard it because he didn't sleep. He had his neck pillow on and he leaned forward and when I started talking to her, he leaned back and, and I kept noticing his head would cock. I don't know what's happening with him, but I can tell you what, the seed was planted or maybe the seed had been planted and it was watered. But yesterday, Doris's time was to be harvested. And I told her, I said, you know, I forgot to tell you. I said, when you come to salvation, all the angels in heaven were rejoicing. There was a noise up there. There was a noise, a joyful noise. They were surrounded God's throne and they were praising the fact that you were snatched out of the dates of hell. She said, thank you. I said, no, don't thank me. Thank God. Thank God. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I was wearing a t-shirt, a Deep Creek Baptist baseball cap, a pair of shorts, and these tennis shoes I got on. Wasn't feeling well. They brought the drinks down. And I was so engrossed talking to her. I got one swallow out of my Coke and the ice had melted and I had to give it back to them because we were landing. That was the shortest two and a half hour flight I've ever been on in my life. And I couldn't wait. I asked her, I said, are you in a hurry? She said, no, I got a couple hours. I said, good. When we get off, we can stand over here to the side. I said, I got some people I want you to meet. <laughs> Jean Marie come around the corner. She said, oh, he's found us a guide who's going to teach us and take us to show us something. That's what he thought this lady was going to be a guide for us. I said, I want you to meet Doris. I said, she's our new brother, or our, excuse me, our new sister in Christ. She just came to the Lord. Made the whole trip. That's the whole trip. It's the whole trip. Now, we don't know how many, what an effect we had on those children. When we have time, I'll tell you about the, the donkey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you tell them, Tatham. Uh, but God is good to us. And all I was doing was writing down how to share the gospel. Not proclaiming it to anybody, just putting it in the atmosphere. God's word does not return void. You know, I was worried about whether I was doing enough evangelism. <laughs> Found out that I was doing just enough. Just enough. We all have that calling. That's our job. I talked to the pastor up on top of the hill. All right, let me rephrase. I talked to the pastor up on top of the mountain that's on the side of a cliff. And I'm being for real. It was on the side of a cliff. He said, he said the biggest issue he had was getting his parishioners to share their faith. I told him, I said, it ain't just here, brother. It ain't just here. He said, he said, it's so simple. He said, they don't understand it's their responsibility. My responsibility. I said, yes. I said, but once you become the pastor, they think it's yours alone. And it's not. Each one of us. 
We're going to stand before God. What have you done with the gift of salvation since you received it? What have you done? That's what we're going to be judged about. Did you take my gift and hide it? Or did you take my gift and multiply it? That's what it boils down to. And I don't know because I can't see your heart. It's like I told that girl. I said, I can't see your heart. I said, I can see the expression on your face now. I said, I've seen a lady who sat down here who was hiding behind a smile. I looked into your eyes. I could tell they were troubled. I said, and we're getting off this airplane. I see a lady whose burdens have been lifted, who has a joy in her eyes and in her spirit. She glowed. She glowed. She, look, look at Terry. She had a glow about her. She said, I know I'm saved. I said, yes. See how simple that was? She said, I was brought up Catholic. I said, yes. I said, guess what? I said, you don't have to learn no catechism. I said, and you know what else? What? I said, when you sin, you don't have to take it to a priest. I said, you are part of a royal priesthood. You've been grafted into the family. You are Jesus' sister. You can go straight to Him. You don't need anybody else to intervene for you. She said, wow. I said, yeah, what a privilege that is. All because you, you, you believed in your heart. And you admit it with your mouth that, Lord, I'm a sinner. I have failed you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you rose from the, from the grave and ascended to heaven or there right now. I believe you're alive. I said, now here's the best part about it. I said, do you feel a little different? She said, yeah. I said, that's because the Holy Ghost just entered yourself. I said, the temple of God is in your heart. I said, make him at home. Tell him to have free reign. I said, even that little back corner of the, the closet that we don't want nobody to go in? She said, yeah. I said, let him in. He already knows anyway. Let him have free reign. She said, I'm so glad you swapped your seat. I said, I'm so glad God put this moment together. I said, this was a God moment. I said, you and I never realized that that's what was going to happen. I said, but we're connected forever. We're connected forever. Let's start making everlasting connections. Let's start making eternal connections. It's not hard. It's not hard. Even when you're doing something unintentionally, God can use it. Can you imagine what would happen if I had been intentional about it? I might have saved half that airplane. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think that. No. I might have witnessed a half that airplane. God might have saved half that airplane. So my question to you today is, no matter where you are in your walk with Jesus, like the song said, is your heart on fire? Is your heart on fire? There are people out there in darkness, trying to find the light. And that little song the kids sing, I'm going to let my shine. How does that go? I'm gonna, my, let my little light shine. Let your little light shine. People are dying to know 
Jesus. They're dying. They're already dead. They're striving and grasping for something. Throw them the life buoy. They may accept it. They may not. That's okay. You got to throw it to them. You might not be the one at harvest. You might be the seed planter. You might be the water, or even the one that brings the fertilizer. There's a contemporary Christian song. What if it takes 14 times or something to come to the Lord? What if I'm number one? What if I'm number 13? Yesterday I was 14. We don't know. Be a number. You may never know. You might, for you, it might be number one. For them, it may be number 14. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I just ask you, to, no one leave here today. No one. Whether they sit there or come to the altar, it doesn't matter to me, Lord, that their hearts will become on fire for you. That people see Jesus in them. Lord, that people see Jesus in me. Lord, I just love you. Thank you for renewing my spirit and setting my heart and soul on fire. It was already there. The coals were getting cold and you, you took the bellows and you blowed them. They're glowing. Let me take my coal, my hot burning coal, and share it. So that we become a church on fire, Lord. So that people won't go to hell ignorant. Lord, I love you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hymn number 544. 544. Have thine own way. Let's Thank you.